We are in a series called I Heart Summer. We've been kind of running through this series through June, and it's dipping into July a little bit, and uh, just excited for what the Lord has been sharing to us as a church. We've been saying it's important for us to explore the matters of the heart. We uh, shared a few weeks ago uh, that the Bible has a lot to say about the matters of the heart. Actually, a matter of fact, 803 times in Scripture, our heart is mentioned. Uh, which is really important because if you think about some of the other bigger categories like prayer, prayer is only mentioned over 500 times or faith. We say that a lot, have faith, use your faith. Um, Faith is mentioned just over 400 times. So this idea of paying attention to our heart, scripture talks about how everything in our heart of our life flows from our heart. As a matter of fact, Proverbs chapter 27, verse 19 says it this way. It says, as water reflects the face, so one's life reflects their heart. And so what you see, I mean, what's coming out in your life is coming out of your heart. If you got some drama in your life, there's probably some drama going on in your heart and you need to get that checked out. You got some anger going on in your life. You got some things that are coming out. uh, You got to get your heart checked out. If there's like judgment and you're really critical, there's probably something going on in your heart that needs to be looked at. So the scripture gives us that encouragement. Um, The wisdom proverb. Uh, we went through this, the, the proverb uh, that really defines how to find success and walk in wisdom. Uh, it gets to a certain point in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. It says, above all else, above all these things that I told you about how to get wisdom and how to find success, above all of that, it says, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. The word guard here means disallow. We need to be a people who we go through our life and we, get, we disallow certain things. We say, I'm not going to allow that. I'm going to push that back. I'm going to disallow that in my life. It's a defensive uh, posture. It would be like a soldier who uh, defends against or guards against something. Or maybe a, a basketball player says, I'm on defense. I'm going to guard here. And so it's really important for us to pay attention to the matters of our heart. And so today, I'm going to preach specifically uh, on finding freedom. It's freedom weekend here. And how many you know Christ came to set us free? Amen. He died that we might walk in freedom. Amen. And so I thought on Independence Day weekend, what a great weekend for us to talk about finding freedom from a bitter heart. How many know what it's like to have a bitter heart? To have bitterness get into our heart and a bitter root begin to grow. And so today I believe many of us are going to find freedom from bitterness. Let's pray before we jump in. God, we love you so much. We're so grateful for your word and for your ways. Uh, Lord, we ask that you speak to us today. And not, not only do you encourage us and, and motivate us, but God, we pray that you even correct us and realign us in the ways that we need to. God, I pray that you help us receive this sermon instead of resist it. Holy Spirit, we know that you can help us do it. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Not sure if you've noticed, um, but our world is a little bit angry. <laughs> Does anyone notice that our world seems to just get upset about things? Anybody? Uh, you know, we, we got all kinds of stuff that we're getting upset about. We, we, we get lots of different things going on, you know, gas prices. Ah, now gas is cheap right now. Amen. Thank God it's, it's on sale. We're getting a deal, but gas and inflation and all that's got going on. And then we begin to think about school and some of the things going on in schools and our kids' education and what we should send them to. And and that gets us angry and, uh, airline travel. How many have flown in the last six months? That's a good time, right? Trying to catch a plane and travel. Uh, there's some statistics that I just found on airline travel. Before 2020, uh, an unruly passenger report, meaning the airline actually called in the police and there was charges filed 
Uh, in 2020, there was 143 of those serious cases filed, 143. To this date, in 2022, there's been 3,715 filed uh, because we got just angry people. And I would say that the pandemic of our time that we live in right now, I would say is bitterness in people's hearts. One of the things that we're facing that I believe to be so serious, whether you believe it to be the end times or just the hour that we're living in, is there is a bitterness. There is this, this angst that we've allowed to consume and flow out of the inside of the human heart. How many know what I'm talking about? Uh, I'm actually one of those people. Today, I'm really bitter about something. I'm actually really upset. I have a bitter root happening in my heart. Jess and I went on a golf date this week, and uh, many of you witnessed this. Uh, she posted on her Instagram story uh, that she was beating me through the first nine holes of our 18 holes worth of golf. She was beating me. And uh, I just want to say for the record, you know, they don't stop playing a football game or a basketball game at halftime. Proper golf is 18 holes. You need to play 18 holes of golf. But she posts on her Instagram, and all of you come out of the woodwork for her. Her phone starts blowing up with all these notifications, and they read like Mortal Kombat. It's like, finish him. Make him suffer. Like, I'm like, why do you? Not one comment for me. Like, you got, you back nine, you're going to get it. Nothing. Everything was for her. And I'm bitter about it, and I'm upset, and my feelings are hurt, and so I'm preaching to myself today. Amen? But bitterness is a real thing that we all face. I don't think that there's anybody that's qualified to say, you know what, I'm actually an expert in carrying bitterness. It's good for me. I can handle it. I got this skill. Bitterness affects all of us, and it affects us in really serious ways. We're going to talk and look at the text here in just a minute, but even in a psychological way, I want to just share some things that I've discovered about bitterness psychologically. Uh, The psychologytoday.com in 2015 posted this article speaking of the evolution of bitterness. It's important for us to understand consequences of allowing bitterness in our life and in our heart. It says this, all bitterness starts out as hurt. We all get hurt. Mistakes happen. We all get our feelings hurt and things happen. And so bitterness starts out as hurt. And your emotional pain may well relate to viewing whoever or whatever provoked this hurt as having malicious intent as committing a grave injustice toward you, wronging you, and causing you grief. Anger and resentment is what we're likely to experience whenever we conclude that another has seriously mistreated us. Left to fester, that righteous anger eventually becomes the corrosive ulcer that is bitterness. That is what bitterness does, right? It just just eats away. It just gets into us in a way that causes destruction. Here's the cost they, bego- they, they went on to write. Here's the cost of bitterness. When bitterness is in our life, what it begins to do is it prolongs your mental and emotional pain. We leave that bitterness in our heart and, we, and it begins to just prolong that emotional pain longer than it should be there. It leads to long-lasting anxiety or depression. It tempts you to engage in vengeful acts that put you at further risk of being hurt and possibly engulf you in a never-ending, self-defeating cycle of getting even. It prevents you from experiencing the potential joys of living fully in the present versus dwelling self-righteously on the past wrongs that were inflicted on you. We've all done that, right? We've missed moments. We've missed opportunities. We've missed the things that could be happening in our life because we were so busy rehearsing the things that we didn't like happening in our life. Can I get an amen? It says this, 
It says you could create or deepen an attitude of distrust and cynicism, qualities that contribute to hostility, paranoid thinking, as well as an overall sense of pessimism, such as bleak perspectives prompt other people to turn away from you. Bitterness in our heart causes people to turn away from us. It also interferes with your ability to cultivate healthy, satisfying relationships and leads you to doubt your connection with other people. It also is compromise or weaken your high ideals and adversely impact your personal search for purpose and meaning in life. Two more things. It also robs you of your vital energy, far better employed to help you realize your dreams or achieve your goals that you have coveted earlier. We waste so much energy rehearsing that bitterness, going back over that thing and dealing with that thing when we could be using that energy on advancing what God has for us. Amen. Amen. And then lastly, it's just bad for your health. It undermines your physical health. The chronic anger that is bitterness can raise your stress baseline, thereby taxing your immune system. Bitterness is not healthy for us in the natural. It's also not healthy for us spiritually to carry bitterness. I love the scripture because, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. As much as I love doctors and I love research and I love the wisdom of man, everything that we need to know about life, uh, God knows about, of course, amen, but he also put in scripture to help us, amen. So we're going to look at scripture to get help here. I thought about so many people in my life that I know have missed the mark of what God has for them, or they've missed the purpose, or they haven't accomplished the goal simply because they got in situations where they let bitterness grow and win. Talented people, smart people, people who had the ability to accomplish all the things that were set before them, but they let that bitterness get in, and they wouldn't talk to people, and they wouldn't reach out for help, and they wouldn't go get healed, and instead it caused them to go off the path that God had for them, and ultimately it took them out. How many know what I'm talking about? It's just this bitterness. Bitterness is just a thing that's just, oh, bitterness. Uh, All of us are bad parents in here, and I'm going to prove it in one second. Because when your child, whether it be your first child, second child, however many kids you have, you will all do this at one point because we're all terrible people. And that is this. When you feel like it's the appropriate time and they can handle it, the waitress will bring you out a glass of water, and it has that lemon on the side of it. And you look over at your child who's never had a lemon before, And you go, try this. Am I the only one who's done that? Uh, I need to actually confess another sin. We were at a restaurant this week, and they brought us out an appetizer of these fried variety of foods. It was like onion rings, uh, fried pickles, which my kids love fried pickles, uh, as do I. And then the third thing was fried jalapenos. And so the kids were all digging in the thing, and I was like, who wants a fried pickle? Well, those fried jalapenos look a lot like fried pickles. I said, here's a fried pickle. And then I watched him eat fried jalapenos and laughed and laughed and laughed. Because as a parent, we're never going to catch up to the misery they cause us. We just get to take our shots when we get them. But you know what happens when you edit that off Facebook and stuff. Don't hold that against me. It's a holiday weekend. Nobody's watching. But, you know, you take a bite of that lemon, your face goes, and so many of us walk through life like that. You, you don't know that you're even doing it. You just, you just have bitterness just coming right out in your face. You're walking into the situation, you're just so bitter. And your, your friendship circle suffers, your workspace suffers, your church life suffers, because that bitterness, as the scripture said, it's in your heart, and so it's, it's reflecting in your life. Can I get an amen today? And so it affects you. We need to deal with that. There's this passage in chapter uh, 12 of Hebrews Paul's writing, and he's giving a warning to a lot of people like us. He's writing to the believers who they thought their walk with the Lord was going to be one way. 
oh, you know, we're going to change the world and we're going to see people set free and it's going to be awesome and we're going to make the world a better place. This is going to be great. But instead, they saw a lot of hostility and persecution and culture turned against them and they weren't really well received. And so is this really combative situation. They're saying, no, we stand for this. And the group over here saying, no, you guys are that. And so it's this really hostile environment. And here's a writing that we get in chapter 14. It says this. It says, make every effort. It doesn't say try one time. It doesn't do. It says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone around you. That's two really important phrases. Make every effort with everyone to live in peace with them and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And then it says this, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God. And then it says, so that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and to defile many. Because bitter roots cause trouble. And so there's this warning of, hey, you, you got to live with a heart for other people. And you got to make sure that the grace of God is, is active and happening in their life. And then it says, make sure you don't let this bitter root grow up. I believe, as I mentioned earlier, that freedom is what Christ came to give us. It's what he died and paid for. And we need to make sure that we're able to walk in it. So I have four points for you today on how to make sure that we have freedom from a bitter heart. Every person in this room has an experience that might have caused bitterness. So four points. I hope that you write them down. Point number one is this. Bitterness is a hidden destroyer. Uh, the bitter root, this bitter root system, this, this thing is a hidden destroyer. You know, many of you, you might look good on the outside, but you can have destroyed roots. You can have bitter roots. When we built our motocross track, um, we went through the woods and we ripped out all these trees and we made all these pathways. And uh, there's trees now that are dead. They have no life. Hear me on this. They have no life. We didn't cut them down. We didn't damage the tree. But because in passing we went through and we destroyed the roots, they no longer have any fruit. Many of you can say, look at me. I'm doing good. Look at me. I'm still here. I'm still standing. But your roots have been so destroyed by bitterness, you don't produce any fruit anymore. Because what? That, that bitter root system is a hidden destroyer. Just because it looks good on the outside doesn't mean it's good underneath. Can I get an Amen. Because these bitter roots, they go deep. I uh, was supposed to preach this sermon a few weeks ago, uh, and Pastor Tommy came into town, and so we, we set him up to preach, and so I pushed this sermon back a little bit. And I'm really grateful that I did because I got a really good illustration for what bitter roots look like uh, as I started to do some yard work this week. So I got my dad's tractor. He's got a big Kubota tractor with a bucket on the front and a landscape rake and all this stuff. And so I had this little scrub bush in the corner of our property that I wanted to rip out. Now, it's a lot smaller than it actually looks because as it grows up, it kind of blends into all the big trees behind it. But this is just a little scrub bush, and I've pushed many of these uh, out of the ground many, many times as we've done yard work. And so as I brought the tractor up to it, I thought, okay, just hit it with the bucket. It will just all bend over, and then you just plop it out from there. It's no big deal. And so I get the bucket up to this thing, and I hit it, and it goes, thum. I'm like, well, that's not what these are supposed to do. And, um, and so I was like, well, I should call Brad. He works for consumers, but Miss Dig takes too long. I'm just going to start digging. You know, we'll just see what happens. If I mess it up, Brad will come fix it, Okay. So, so I hit it, and as I begin to look below the surface, I see that there's a lot more going on because why? Roots are hidden. There's these hidden things going on. And so I begin to try to get it, but the, I noticed that the roots, they go a lot deeper. What I'm trying to say is our bitter roots, people don't see them. People don't see you rehearsing that scenario again and again and again in the day. 
We don't see that. We don't see you going over that situation or what that person said or how they treated you. We don't see in the day that you continue to spend all that thought life on that thing and how they hurt you and what you could have said and what you wish they would have said or what you did say or didn't say or how they left you or you didn't get the promotion. You just keep rehearsing. Why? Because those bitter roots stay hidden and it's not healthy. Can I get an amen? amen? Here's why it's not healthy. I wrote it down like this. Unseen roots eventually bear an unwanted fruit. I didn't want that little scrub tree there, but those roots were in the ground and I didn't see them. So they begin to produce something that I didn't want. It's the same thing. You rehearse and you keep to yourself and you don't get help and you don't find freedom. They're eventually going to bear a fruit that you don't want. Amen. Point number two is this. Your bitter root impacts others. Your bitter root impacts others. Verse 15 says it this way. It says, see to it that no one falls short on the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble. And then it says, and to defile many. Because our bitter roots aren't kept to ourselves. When we have bitter roots, they affect our neighbors. They affect our spouses. They affect our families. They affect our coworkers. There's no such thing as your kept bitter root. It grows into other areas. Check out this picture of this thing when I finally popped it out. Had to do some work to get this out. This is one side of it. You see how all these roots went all over the place? Look how thick that stump actually was into the ground. I had digging. There was a big hole. But what I had to do is I had to stop at one point as I was trying to dig all that out because some of those roots grew into my neighbor's yard. And so I had to go over to the neighbor and say, hey, I really want to pop this thing out, but I'm going to tear up your yard a little bit. Are you okay with that? And he was like, oh, of course, no problem. And, and so you see the other side, a lot of stuff all underground, but it affected my neighbor. And it's the same thing with our bitter roots. Our bitter roots, you can't keep them to yourselves. You're eventually going to impact somebody else. The Greek word is meiano. This word defiles meiano, which means to stain, to pollute, or to contaminate is what this means. When we defile or when our roots go into other things, it stains, pollutes, and contaminates other situations. Uh, I got one more picture for you. This is Callie, my youngest. And the only reason I'm showing you this picture is because she said, Dad, take a picture of me. <laughs> because wherever Dad goes, Callie goes. And I was taking this picture. I thought, oh, look at that. She's about the size of that stump. I bet I could keep her in that hole that I just dug out and get a lot more work done. Uh, those of you that are laughing are because you know her. The rest of you are appalled at what I just said. Of course, I'm not going to put her in a hole. Um, we have a fenced-in backyard to keep her in. So. <laughs> But this idea of, oh, my roots, that's not going to bother anybody. I'm not going to make it. This is my own thing. And we always say this stuff in, in, in the smart world that we live in. This is my journey. I got to do me. This is my thing. This is my bitterness to deal with. Am I? No, it's not. Because our roots affect our neighbors. The word here is it stains, pollutes, contaminates other things. We need to find freedom. We all know the person who, who stains and contaminates in, in pollutes environments. How many of you have that one guy that you go on your lunch break and you're like, oh no, here he comes. Here comes Mr. Bitter. <laughs> Hopefully it's not a family member, but you go on a vacation, like, oh, that vacation, is so-and-so going to be there? Is brother-in-law Bitter going to be there? Because it is going to stain and contaminate and ruin. Let me give you a pro tip. This is what I do when it comes to the 4th of July weekend. 4th of July weekend, all the family gets together. You want to be the one who lights off the fireworks. <laughs> Because here's what you get to do for the rest of the time you're together. What? I can't hear you. The fireworks. They were too loud. Go talk to my mother-in-law. She's a counselor. She would love to help you. She would love to talk about it. But we all know that person that walks into the environment. And you're like, oh, here we go. Here, here we go with the thing. Everything, something's wrong. And so why? Because our bitter roots 
contaminate other people. Here's what I have a real concern with. I have a concern that our world right now is built on this belief that our bitterness should be broadcast. Hear me in all of my bitterness. This is what I'm upset about. We use social media to go on and broadcast the things we're bitter about. And bitterness and bitterness. I remember the old saying that said, boy, I I hope your life sure isn't as bad as your Facebook says it is. So every time we go online, it's to complain about something. It's to voice our bitterness. And and we're not called to do that. I I think that we've kind of ruined the word justice. And uh, instead of justice, we just want our bitterness affirmed. We don't want to see real change. We don't want to see real justice and real reform. We just want somebody to come alongside us and say, oh, look at you and that thing that happened to you. I affirm your bitterness. Am I telling the truth today? Yeah. And so we got, to get, we got to get to a place where we deal with these bitter roots and we find freedom, the freedom that Christ paid for us to have. Can I get an amen? amen. I wrote it down like this. The reason why we need to be whole in this is because hatred and holiness can't coexist in the same heart. We can't allow all this hatred and this bitterness to be living in our heart when God's called us, as the scripture just said, to be people who are holy. Point number three is this. You must expose the bitter root. Uh, Many of you come in, point one you can deal with, point two you can deal with, okay, bitter heart, it affects other people, that kind of thing. But this is where it gets hard. This is where it gets challenging, is now we got to do something about it. We got to expose the bitter root. Paul says in Ephesians chapter five, verse 11, he says, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. You know, for me, there was a moment on the tractor where I had to get down and I had to expose the roots. I had to get down and say, okay, which one's going this way? Which one's going that way? Which one do I got to start to work on and chop at? And uh, thankfully I was totally prepared for it because when you move into Borculo, uh, they get you a John Deere hat and a Carhartt shirt. So I went in, got all my stuff on, and, uh, and started to deal with this route. My worry is in the culture we live in and the pace that we keep, uh, this is just a, an example, uh, funny way to say it. My worry is none of us take the time to come down off the tractor and deal with the route. We just keep thinking, it's got to come out. At some, my life's going to get better at some point, And we just keep randomly hitting at things. Instead of getting down and taking a real look at it. It's time that believers, it's time that all of us trust God that he's a healer and he's a restorer and he can mend our broken hearts. How many are with me? And we get down and we say, okay, what, what, what do I need to do here? What do I need to address? Are you with me? Well, Pastor, what are some of the ways that we do that? Well, one of the ways that I think you should start today is if you know that you got a bitter heart and you got bitterness happening in your heart, one of the things I think you should do is at the end of service, I would make my way down to the prayer room. And I would get some prayer. I'd get some people to come into my life and say, hey, we're going to stand with you. We believe Christ paid the ultimate price for you to find freedom. I would get prayer. Another thing I would do is I'd get some resources. I would go online. I would get some books or reach out to me, and I can send you some books that will help you uh, with, with healing your heart and overcoming this bitterness. But I also think you should get some professional help. I think you should find a counselor. You should get somebody to come into your life and say, hey, here's some things that I'm seeing. Let me help you with this route. Let me help you find some freedom and some healing and deal with it in a professional way. Amen? You know, it's silly in our life. Something breaks in our, on our teeth, you run to a professional. Something breaks in your car, you run to a professional. Something breaks in your heart or in your mind or in your emotions, and you're like, I better just keep going. No, let's go get some professional help. Can I get an amen today? And we're grateful as a church that we have my mother-in-law, Everybody give it up for Pastor Connie. 
She has the uh, she has the uh, vertical healing center in uh, the backside of our building. If you go way down the hall, till it stops becoming a hall, and then you turn left. She's got a counseling ministry back there, but you can find her on our Facebook. You can find her on our uh, our website, a bunch of different ways. But let's go sit with somebody who can help you. She has a lot of experience actually in this area. She's taught in this uh, message uh, many times before, but it's time for us to get some help. You know, people used to look at getting help or getting counseling, therapy, whatever you want to call it. People used to look at, oh man, uh, he had to go get therapy. She had to go get therapy. Do you know that at the highest level of any, whether it be sports, entertainment, anything like that, you know, people who are doing things at the highest level, they regularly see a therapist. Why? It's because you want to make sure you're performing at your best. Can I get an amen? And so let's get some help in that we can get to these roots. Let's get up off the tractor, go down, expose these roots, and get some healing. Amen? Point number four, and here's my last one, is this. We need to repair the place that held the bitter root. Uh, how many of you know we serve a God of restoration, don't we? You know, the word sin uh, means to miss the mark or to fall short uh, of the glory of God. It's, it, it, it just means we missed it. It's not the way God designed it. And that's the same thing with this area. I ripped this root out. I ripped this big thing out, but I had to go back and repair it. I jumped back on the tractor. I went over to my pile of topsoil, and I began to put it all back. I began to make it all smooth again. Aren't you glad that we serve a God who knows how to do that? It's not going to happen overnight. How I many know for the next couple of weeks, I'm going to have to go over there, put some grass seed down. How I many know I'm going to have to water it? How uh, I many you know I'm going to have to keep the puppies out of it? Pray for me. We've got two golden retrievers for sale, gently used, about five months old if you'd like. <laughs> but we're going to have to do some things to guard and get that, get that thing restored. But we have to repair the place that held uh, that bitter root. Scripture says it this way. I'll close with this in verse 15. It says, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God. One of our responsibilities is to make sure that the grace of God is operating in other people's lives. So how do you do that, Pastor? What does that mean? It means that we are actively engaging in offering grace to those as we received grace, which is unconditionally. I'm going to give you a couple more harder points here when it comes to this. But one of the ways that we avoid bitterness in our life is that we go back and extend grace as we see that area repaired. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 31 says it this way, get rid of all bitterness. It doesn't say tolerate bitterness. It doesn't say do your best that you can with bitterness. It says get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. It says, be kind and compassionate to one another. Then it says, forgiving each other, just as Christ God or Christ Jesus forgave you. What's the standard of grace and forgiveness that you're called to offer to others? Unlimited. To the same degree that he offered it to you. To the same degree that you received it is the same degree that we are called to offer it. One of the ways that you walk in freedom from bitterness is when we learn to extend the same forgiveness to those who hurt us as we received it. There's this parable in Matthew chapter 18. I'll set it up for you. Of course, parable in scripture means a story. Uh, Jesus would tell a story and you might say something like, you've heard it said this, or there once was a man who this, and, and he gives this great story to illustrate a point. And this story right here is a story of a man who had a great debt. And the master came in and forgave this person of his debt. 
So this dude's like, amazing, I'm totally set free. I can't believe the grace that the master just extended me. Oh my gosh, I'm free of this debt. And as soon as he goes out, he runs away from that situation, now forgiven, full of grace, fully free of his debt. And he finds somebody who owes him a debt and begins to hassle this guy. Hey, you still owe me that debt. You still owe me that debt. And this is where we pick up the story. Verse 32, then the master called the servant in, the guy who was running up this other person, beating him up for his debt. The master then called the servant in and said, you wicked servant, I canceled all of the debt of yours because you begged me. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had on you? In his anger, the master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back what he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. That's a crazy parable. He says, I'm going to send you over to the torturers unless you learn how to forgive as Christ forgave you. I believe the meaning of the parable is when we keep bitterness and we keep debts against people and we keep scores and we hold on to things against other people, I believe what it's trying to say is that's a torturous way to live. Instead, it's a better way to live to say, I'm not going to keep bitterness. I'm not going to keep debts against other people. I'm not going to hold things against them. Instead, I'm going to forgive them the way that Christ gave, forgave me, which is limitless. Can I get an amen? It's not easy to do. That's why we need help and helpers and resources in our life to help us walk through it. But he said, hey, if you want to be a person who keeps score and holds debts and keeps things, that's a torturous way to live. Why? Because that bitter root grows and you walk around with that bitter face and your bitter root gets into your neighbor's places and your family. Are you with me? Amen. Expose it. Deal with it. Let the Lord repair it. Can I get an amen? amen. Forgive. Luke 6, 27. But to you who are listening, I say, tolerate your enemies. No, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. Why do we have such an example of living toward blessing and praying for our enemies? Is because when we live that way, when we're praying for our enemies and we're praying for those who mistreat us, it keeps us from allowing a bitter root to grow. I used to tell the teenagers in my youth group all the time, oh, the kids would say, oh, my parents, oh, my parents, they drive me crazy. I can't stand my parents. I said, hey, if you prayed for your parents as much as you complained about your parents, you'd come downstairs to the dinner table and they'd just be angels. They'd say, look at my perfect parents. It's the same thing in our life. That's what the scripture's trying to teach us. You know, if we took up prayer and loving our enemies as much as we complain about them and talk bad about them and judge them and criticize them and hold bitter roots against them, we'd see great change in their life. Can I get an amen? It's the better way to live when we extend that kind of grace. The problem that we have is we measure sin. Their sin was so much greater than anything I would have ever done. Their sin over here, listen, all sins require the same amount of grace. It's called Jesus on the old wooden cross. The old rugged cross is what he paid for every sin. There is no grace. So when you say, no, I deserve grace more than they deserve grace, no, it's all the same kind of grace. And that's why the teaching is we forgive others the same way we received it from God. Amen? Not easy. But it's a torturous way to live if we let that bitter root and that bitter heart thrive in our lives. Expose it, uproot it, let the Lord repair it. Amen? Let me pray for you.
God, we love you so much. We're so grateful for the way that you love us and you lead us. God, I thank you right now in this room. Every person has a story. Every person has a journey. All of us have experienced hurt. But God, I thank you that by your spirit, you can move on our hearts even now and you can make all things new. But I pray that you do what you do and you begin to restore right now, even in this moment. Begin to heal, begin to uproot, begin to remove all the things that are hindering. God, I pray that you give each and every person the boldness to get the help that they need. Seeking out to a friend, seeking out to a resource, seeking out to professional help. God, I pray that we don't just hear this word, but we become a doer of it so that we can walk in that freedom that you died for. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.